Hello and welcome to This Week in True Crime, the more laid-back weekly series that takes a look at current and ongoing events in the true crime world. If you'd prefer to listen to this show in a podcast form, then you can. You can find This Week in True Crime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you would usually go to listen to podcasts. A link to the podcast version of this show can be found in the description. This week, we'll look into the search for a missing fraud suspect in Australia that has seen a member of the public discovering body parts washed up on the coast. We will explore a teenager's prize-winning fake cosmetic shop. And finally, we will take a look at a middle school student who has been arrested for selling stun guns to her classmates. The following episode is not suitable for those under the age of 13. Viewer discretion and parental guidance is advised. Before we delve into this episode, I first have to thank this episode's sponsor, CrimeCon UK. I've had a huge interest in true crime since before I can remember, and I believe we all have this deeply rooted curiosity into the morbid. We know how we are brought into this world, and we know what happens during life, but we have no idea what exactly happens after death. This curiosity, the fear of the unknown, drives us to find out more. This curiosity is what led me to start my YouTube channel. I've been very lucky on this channel to be partnered with some amazing companies over the past two years, and this one is no different. I'm very excited to be a part of the very first CrimeCon UK. September 2021 brings this incredible true crime event to London, COVID safe for the first time. America has been lucky enough to have these events across the country for a few years now, so I'm so happy that they have made the jump across the pond and invited me to join them at this incredible convention. Join me, other content creators, survivors, industry experts, and many others at the world's number one true crime event. This event has so many amazing things to see and do. I'm not sure how anybody would be able to get everything quite done in just one weekend. CrimeCon gives you the opportunity to get hands-on experience with various industry practices, including sessions with canine units and your chance to solve your own case. There are, there are also plenty of chances to meet all of the speakers, creators, and other true crime fans across the entire weekend. This gives you the chance to chat about your favourite cases with some of the best creators out there. With COVID-proof tickets, even if the event is rescheduled, you are guaranteed your place at the events when a new date is chosen as your ticket just rolls over. And if you decide you don't want to wait for the next date, you're able to get a full refund, no questions asked. Use code JOSHUA to get 10% off your tickets to this incredible true crime weekend. I cannot wait to see you all there at CrimeCon 2021. Now, back to today's episode. The mysterious disappearance of 49-year-old Melissa Caddick has held a large question mark over the entirety of Australia due to the suspicious circumstances in which she disappeared. Melissa Caddick was a successful high-flying businesswoman who was the sole director of Maliva Pty Limited, a wealth management company based in Sydney, Australia. But little did her investors know they would never see any profits on their investments. In November 2020, Melissa was accused of defrauding her family, friends and investors 
out of 25 million Australian dollars. On the 10th of November 2020, the Australian Securities and Investment Commission froze Melissa's bank accounts and properties and banned her from leaving the country after these fraud claims came to light. According to the ASIC, Melissa used investors' funds to prop up her lavish lifestyle, which included her extravagant holidays and designer items. She always flew first class and never wasted a dime on her expensive and lavish lifestyle. Her victims were mostly wealthy friends, some of whom invested their life savings with Melissa, believing they were making returns on their investments. When the police spoke to Melissa's toy boy husband about her disappearance, he handed them five separate passports issued in Melissa's name and swore that he had nothing to do with the con. The next day, on the 11th of November 2020, officers raided Melissa's 6.1 million Australian dollar home and took her computers and other things of value, including over 1 million Australian dollars in designer clothing, handbags, shoes, and jewelry. This was all in an attempt to return funds to the people who had invested their money with Melissa. On the 12th of November, at 5.30 a.m., Melissa's son heard the front door of their home open and close again, which he assumed was his mother leaving for a jog before the day became too hot, as this was something she regularly did. Later that day, Melissa's son realised that she hadn't returned home, and that when she left, she didn't take any personal belongings with her, such as her mobile phone. For months, there was no sign of Melissa, and there were many questions as to whether she was evading the police or if she had met a fatal end. That was until the 21st of February 2021. The shoe that washed up on this remote beach is still under the microscope, yet to solve the mystery of what happened to one of Australia's most wanted. Well, that doesn't confirm she's deceased. The likelihood is she is deceased. However, it, it's not proof of death. So I think the investigators have certainly got a lot more work to do. A shoe with a human foot still inside was found washed up on the shore by a group of campers. This limb was confirmed via DNA testing to have belonged to Melissa. Initially, in 2020, police believed that Melissa might have taken her own life as she could have reached some clifftops which were 300 metres from her home without being tracked by CCTV cameras. This gave her an easy place to run to from her home without ever being seen, and the cliffs were a large drop into the ocean, which would likely have killed you if you jumped off. Experts have been mapping the tidal patterns to determine whether it was possible that Melissa entered the ocean near her clifftop home in the Sydney suburbs, but it would seem highly unlikely that her body travelled that far down the coast to where her washed-up foot would later be discovered. Though this theory is not to be ruled out, as it could explain why it had taken three months for Melissa's foot to arrive on that beach. There have been a few different body parts turning up on the beaches around the area, including bones, skin, and what police believe to be a stomach. All these have been tested to see if they are linked to Melissa's death. Part of a human stomach was subsequently found on Mollymook Beach, though it's possible those remains may belong to a missing swimmer. All are undergoing forensic analysis. I think the coincidence. You've worked hard for what you have your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Incidents of the human remains being found, you know, just a few days ago, and then obviously Melissa's foot last week is potentially just a coincidence. On the 2nd of March, these other body parts found were declared to not have been Melissa Caddick's, meaning that the only body parts of Melissa's to be found is her foot in the shoe. Melissa's foot being found on the beach miles away from her home makes it seem like she could have died near her home three months ago, like the police initially assumed. The body that entered the water around the Davis Heights area could drift as far south as the Bermagui area. That was the strongest police theory on Friday and supported by ocean currents for November, which indicate the 49-year-old would have first drifted north, potentially towards a shark breeding ground, before then heading south. That explains that three-month kind of delay. Otherwise, if she entered the water just north of Tarthra, it would only take a matter of a week to get get down there. Adding to the speculation that Melissa had died three months ago, as suggested in the clip shown, the foot found in the shoe would have decomposed differently to how it has. Some investigators believe that Melissa died more recently, which suggests that she had been on the run from the police in the months leading up to this discovery. There are many people, though, who are still convinced that Melissa isn't dead, as you can survive without a foot, which, as we know, is the only body part which has been positively identified to be that of Melissa Caddick. Police are still investigating this case and are treating the investigation as suspicious. Police can't be certain she took her own life, and given the shoe was in relatively good condition, detectives are now investigating the possibility the businesswoman was on the run for weeks after her disappearance. Is she missing? Did she commit suicide or has something more sinister happened? And they won't rule any of those out until there's evidence to do so. Evidence that may never eventuate. I only hope that the people who entrusted their money with Melissa and her company can get some of their savings back. And that closure for Melissa's family is found soon. The second case we'll be taking a look at is a Polish high schooler's prize-winning fake cosmetics shop. 17-year-old Christina Pasco launched a fake online shop on Facebook, which was actually a front for people who are dealing with domestic abuse to find help without it being obvious that they are searching for it. Christina launched the page in April of 2020 after learning about the increase in domestic abuse cases during the pandemic. Domestic violence has seen a 40% increase during the pandemic, with people being unable to leave their homes and having to be constantly around the people they live with. The shop Chamomiles and Pansies allows people to shop for cosmetics, while actually speaking directly to specialists who are professionally trained to help. When someone writes asking to buy a cream, a psychologist responds instead of a salesperson and asks how long the skin problems have been going on for, or how the affected skin reacts to alcohol. This gives the people in the abusive situation the ability to discreetly ask for help. If someone places an order and leaves an address, it is actually a code for asking for help from the authorities and asking for them to visit the home as they are in desperate need of assistance. To maintain the facade of the fake shop, they regularly post pictures of the various branded creams and balms that they pretend to sell, 
and monitor the comments and messages they receive. This idea started out as a Facebook post that Christina made on her own profile, asking her friend if the shop idea would be something they think people would use. This post then gains huge traction on Facebook, with a substantial amount of shares, and many people volunteering to help when the shop went live. After this massive surge in interest, Christina contacted the Women's Rights Centre, a Polish NGO, asking for assistance. When the NGO looked into the idea, they became instantly interested in the initiative and partnered up with Christina to provide psychologists and lawyers to work with the fake shop to give professional help to those who need it. Since the launch of the site, more than 350 people have contacted the page asking for help, with most of the victims being young, under 40, and about 10% of them being male. As more people have been finding this fake shop, there has been an influx in reviews left on the site and for the products. Some of the reviews written on the product photos reads, ideal for concealing shadows and redness, and one visitor wrote, I recommend it. This outstanding initiative that Christina has taken has now been publicly recognised as one of the 23 projects to receive the EU's Civil Solidarity Prize just the other day. The one-off contest offered €10,000 to reward civil society organisations tackling the consequences of COVID-19. When Christina was asked about her interest in human rights, she said, For many years, I've been interested in human and women's rights. And because of that, I read about the increase in domestic violence and wanted to do this. An absolutely incredible idea that will no doubtedly save hundreds of lives. The last case we'll be discussing is the middle school student who has been arrested for selling stun guns to her classmates. A 12-year-old Florida middle school student was arrested on Friday the 26th of February. The teenage girl was charged with possession of a weapon on school property. Earlier that day, the school administrators were told by a member of staff that a child had been wandering around the school with a stun gun. When the school resource officer spoke with her, she told him that she had bought five stun guns online. She explained that she had been carrying one of these stun guns for her own protection, but she decided to bring the rest of them to school to sell to her fellow classmates. The girl told investigators that she had already sold three of these stun guns the previous day, but she didn't remember who she had sold them to. So she only had two stun guns on her person when the resource officer spoke with her. The police haven't reported how much she had sold the weapons for, but the type she had were available for purchase on Amazon for $9.99. The police have said that no threats against the school, their students or staff were made, but the students are being questioned in connection to the girl's fear that resulted in her bringing these weapons into the school. The school is also working with the students and their parents to find and retrieve the other three stun guns that were already sold. And this story brings us to the end of this episode of This Week in True Crime. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on true crime videos just like this one. You can find me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handles on all platforms is at It's Joshua Miles. I'm also now on TikTok putting true crime cases over there. So make sure you jump over there and check me out on there too. With all that being said, I'll see you in the next case. Mm -hmm.